know the vibes. We're back with another episode. The Hoop Genius Podcast. Moritz here alongside the legendary BJ Armstrong. What a night around the NBA, BJ. How you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling great. Another night of NBA Phoenix Suns are just chugging right along here. But we got a lot of action to get to, Mo. Let's get it. Listen, we gotta start. We gotta start with one play. Not even a not even a game. We've got to start with a play that I know, I know for a fact would have had you jumping out your seat. I know for a fact would have had you screaming down the house when that yes. kid, Evan Mobley, oh! over the two-time MVP, one-time defensive player of the year, one-time finals MVP, Giannis, as the Cavs take the W at home against the Milwaukee Bucks. What a performance. They had, what, a six guys scoring in double double figures. Shelly Osman with 23 and Kevin Love with 25 off the bench. Huge performances. Jared Allen, double-double. Darius Garland, he needs to be in the All-Star game. He needs yes. to be that, that no-look pass. What are you seeing from the Cavs? Yes. Can they be a serious threat in the Eastern Conference playoffs? Can they be a serious threat? They are a serious threat. Jeez. Darius Garland has been terrific. You know, they sustained, I want to talk a real quick, I want to talk about the injury to Ricky Rubio because Ricky Rubio was playing excellent basketball mm. prior to the uh, ACL injury that he sustained. I, I believe is with his left knee. But they had a really nice pickup. I know you really likes this guy, Rajon Rondo. Yes, sir. He's really, he's really filled in beautifully there. Him and Kevin Love coming off your bench. This kid, Mobley, I mean, what can you say? I, I, I sent it to you in, in, in our group chat. The dunk. What a play. Great win. But I think the Cavs now are for real. They are a team. They're young. They're exciting. What more can we say about Garland? He's playing beautiful basketball. And right now, I wouldn't want to play them in the first round because nope. of their length. Because of their, 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 they seem like they have a team, as you know, Mo, in the playoffs, is all about matchups. They yep. seem like they are going to be or they could be a bad matchup for someone. I definitely wouldn't want to play them in the first round. I think they're a bad matchup for everyone because they're on a two-big lineup. When you look at all the other teams in the Eastern Conference, who else is, aside from Indiana, who aren't near the playoff picture, who else is rocking with two bigs? You know, I think that's going to be really interesting to watch. I think only Toronto match up with them well. And if Cleveland hang around the three seed, they're going to play whichever team wins the play-in. Boston, Charlotte, Washington. I think it's going to be a nightmare for any of them. And then in the second round, they take on whoever the number one seed is, Miami or Chicago. So listen, the, the two big lineup and the versatility of Mobley and Jarrett Allen as well playing amazing on the inside. You can see the problems they caused for the Milwaukee Bucks. You still don't have Brook Lopez. And for me, what stood out was really the energy of you know, generating short attempts in comparison to the ones they allowed from the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. You know, you just, it just seemed like the game was played in the other half, if that makes sense. It's like, we're watching so much offense from the Cavs. And then on the other side, they're forcing turnovers. They're forcing missed shots. You know, they're forcing offensive fouls from the Milwaukee Bucks. So I thought it was a fantastic performance from Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, but over in Charlotte, Oh, I'm, I, yeah. I must say as well. I must say I forgot. I forgot to tell the people as well. 
We'll have James Worthy joining us later in the show. So stick around and stay tuned. Maybe I should have said that at the start. Big game. Yeah. But anyway, over in Charlotte, they thought All-Star Weekend had begun already because they put up 158 points against the Indiana Pacers. Kelly Oubre had had 39 off the bench. LaMelo Ball had a triple-double, 29 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists. Miles Bridges, 22 points. Terry Rozier, 20 points. Caleb Martin, 11. James Booknight, 13. The Indiana Pacers, yeah, the trade deadline can't come soon enough, but shout out to Lance Stevenson, 14 points, 10 assists off the bench, who is on his fourth 10-day contract. But Hornets, Hornets, one of the most fun teams to watch in the NBA. I think people start sleeping on them a little bit after a hot start to the season. What are you seeing from them? You thinking they're going to stick around in the play and can they make it through to the playoffs? Well, you know, Charlotte is a, a, a really interesting team because of LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball gives them, he's an exciting player. He's a fun player to watch. You know, Miles Bridges has certainly stepped up to the plate, will be in the most improved category this year. And then Kelly Oubre has been, when he's out there playing, but he's provided big numbers for them off the bench. So, you know, they're an interesting team, you know, last year, I think they had to play in game last year. I think they lost last year. I think the Indiana, if I, if I remember correctly. So, uh, you know, I like this team. However, I think they are missing probably a big that's going to really propel them where they really want to go is to make a, a nice run or deep run in the playoffs. But however, you know, LaMelo is very capable. Miles Bridges is certainly having a career year. And uh, this team is, you know, on any given night, I think they can beat anyone. And uh, a very interesting, very dynamic team, very fun team, right? You know, they have a, a lot of weapons, a lot of athletes, and they can get up and down the court with, with the best of them. I think it's interesting that they beat the Pacers so badly last night because I think the guy they need to go after is Miles Turner, who plays for the Indiana Pacers. Obviously out with an injury at the moment, but I think he would be the perfect five man to be in Charlotte because he can space the floor for them as well. He can run up and down on a break. And more importantly, he can protect the rim and block a hell of a lot of shots. Now, one thing I thought last night, you, you see, we watch all the games on League Pass over here. One thing I thought last night was a travesty, though, for the fans in America is the NBA took the Grizzlies off national TV. This is Jamarant Morant scoring 41. Okay, we've talked about the Grizzlies. Mm. If you haven't heard, go back and listen to the episode where Brevin Knight gives you the inside scoop live on the Hoop Genius podcast about the Grizzlies. So Jamarant Morant has 41, Desmond Bay 20, Jaron Jackson 22 and 9. Fantastic basketball. But they were taken off national TV to be replaced by the New York Knicks going up against mm. the Miami Heat. Now, this is no disrespect to the Miami Heat, but... You know, at the start of the year, they were telling me, they were telling me, yo, Boston are going to regret losing 48 and Kemba to the Knicks. (laughs) The Knicks were the four seed last year. They're going to make a move this year. They're dangerous. Seven points for 48, seven points for Kemba Walker, two for seven from the field and two from eight from the field. And then, of course, the New York City hero, the most improved player, Mr. I can't shoot with my right hand, so I'm going to force everything with my left. Julius Randle, another disappointing night. Finishes minus 34. Oh, 
11 points, 5 or 12 on the field, 0 from 3 from downtown. As the New York Knicks took the loss to the Miami Heat. BJ, thoughts? You know what? I think it's finally time to say this. I'm beginning to get a little concerned with the New York Knicks. And Mo, I'm really concerned right now. I'm really concerned. Because at first it was like uh, they had a couple of injuries. Then they didn't play Kemba. Kemba comes back and scores 50. You know, I'm just concerned with this team right now. They don't look healthy. And I'm not talking about physically healthy. Something seems to be off with this group. They're not playing well together. You know, Evan Fournier will have a 30, 40-point game, and then he'll have a two-point game. And then you'll see Julius Randle will have these triple-double games, and then he'll have four, (laughs) six, two. You know, it just seems – something seems a little out of whack with this team right now. And they're not responding defensively. They're not responding offensively. They're not playing well as a group. And something is off there. I don't know what it is, Mo, but it's off. You know, last year, everything went right in New York. I mean, they did everything right. They make the right trades. They get Derrick Rose at the right time. They pull the right strings. Suddenly, Julius Randolph, Julius uh, Randall becomes a all-star. You know, then, you know, R.J. Barrett steps up. Everything's just fell into place for him. Well, this year's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And right now they seem, they seem something seems off with this group. And now I think it's time to say something is going on and there looks like there needs to be some type of change. I'm not sure what it is, but player change, like coaching there. change. Cause, cause I don't think you can trade the players because right now trading Julius Randall, you're going to get an all time low value. And especially after the huge contract you gave him, I don't think anyone's taking on that deal. So the only thing that you can change you know, it's going to be the coach. And I don't think, I don't know. Tom Thibodeau, I think, is a fantastic NBA coach. And if you look at what he did last season, then it would be very harsh just for this. I think because they did so well last season and they really overachieved, then this season is a, is good. It was going to be a letdown either way. I don't think anyone expected them to improve on being the fourth seed. So I think I blame the New York Knicks fans for getting so carried away with their little videos screaming outside the (laughs) arena. Bing bong, as they like to say. Well, maybe they should try and play some ping pong instead because this basketball thing ain't working out right now. Listen, I mean, I can't say I'm mad at it, but the New York Knicks going from the four seed to right now sitting in 11th, maybe not even making the play in. Man, that's wow. going to be an all-time fumble because the Atlanta Hawks are putting together a run. They've won five straight now. They won last night. Yes. They've won five in a row. Obviously, they did beat the Sacramento Kings. Shout out to our friend Jack. <laughs> what continues to make me laugh about the Sacramento Kings is, okay, we're getting destroyed every time we come out. We've got 18 wins so far this season. We're on five-game losing streak. Two and eight in our last 10. Oh, oh but we're not trading De'Aaron Fox. Oh, but we're not trading Tyrese Halliburton. No, 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 you can't have these guys. We're building something here. They're building nothing. They are the Sacramento Kings. Our, our, our guy, Jack, I think of Jack. You know what? 
it's tough right now. It's tough. It's tough in Sacramento. And I, I, what can you say? Like, when the last time they've made the playoffs? The last time the Cavs made the, the Kings made the playoffs, iPhones didn't even exist. <laughs> the last time the Kings made the playoffs, I was 12 years old. Don't I listen didn't to have him, a beard. Jack, Jack don't listen child. to him, Jack. Don't listen to him, Jack. I, I don't actually, listen to him. I actually saw something hilarious. Jack tweeted out last night a really funny tweet. He tweeted, on behalf of every Sacramento Kings fan, I want to apologize to the people of Portugal because <laughs> we should not have drafted Nemius Crater and make the people of Portugal stay up to watch this team. And then he got flooded with Portuguese people. And now I can't speak Portuguese, so I have to press translate. And there's a Portuguese guy who says, este hombre, I can't say it. But in translate, it says, this man understands our pain. This man is a good man. I declare you honorary Portuguese. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, free Nimi, free Tyrese Halliburton, free all of the players of the Sacramento Kings. I've been saying for a while now, they need to just relocate, become the Seattle Supersonics, and just be forgotten about because Sacramento is a shambles. I know the ownership group paid a lot of money to keep them in Sacramento, but come on, man. This is just I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up on sack. I'm not giving up mm. on sack. I'm not giving up on sack. You know, it's it's been a tough go. It's been a tough go. Mm. But you know what? It's been a you tough, know what? <laughs> it's been a tough coming up to 20 years. <laughs> There's players on the team who weren't even born. There's gonna be players on the team who weren't even born uh, the last time what? they made the playoffs. I'm not I'm not giving up on sack. I'm not giving up on sack. I'm holding on, I'm holding on. To one of our California teams. Well, you gotta have one. I mean, I don't know if Golden State counts. Why? Why doesn't Golden State count? Is, is it in California? Yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco. Yes. Listen, my geography ain't all that. I just yeah, know it's, it's further up. I, further up. I yeah, don't know. It says Northern California, Sacramento, Northern California. Yeah. We got the, of course, we got the Lakers in Southern California. You got the Clippers. Well, well let's talk about the Lakers because I spoke to. James Worthy, of course, big game James, who is the color right, commentator right. And, and telecaster for the Lakers about their struggle so far this season. And he believes, much like me, I said the other day, I have this crazy conspiracy theory that LeBron James has made the team so bad in order to make it so good. Like, I know it can't happen, but there's like, you know, like when you have like a 0.1% thought in your brain that, Maybe LeBron just wants to have the ultimate story of taking the eighth seed to the championship because stop we, it. it just it's like a crazy conspiracy. I know it can't happen, but it would be crazy if it did. And you know, you, you guys will hear what James had to say about it. But BJ Anthony Davis coming back to the lineup, they looked good against Brooklyn, but come on, man, it was basically the Brooklyn reserves, a couple of G League guys on the roster, too. They've got a real test tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. So I don't know if they're going to play LeBron at center. Anthony Davis is going to continue hiding from the center position. But Joel Embiid is going to eat. I know that much. So it's going to be an interesting matchup. <laughs> Do you think the Lakers can turn their season around? I don't think the Lakers have a choice right now. And I don't think they have to turn it around. I think they just have to play some type of consistent basketball through the course of this season. Like, 
this team has been up and down all season. They'll win games they're supposed to win, like against Brooklyn. They'll beat Orlando. And then all of a sudden, the Laker fan base will get fired up. And then they'll play a good team. They'll play Philly. They'll play Phoenix. And then they'll lose. And then we're, and then I say we, the fan base will come back down to reality. So I think right now, it would be nice for the Lakers to hit some type of consistency here and have like a 15 game stretch where they can, I don't know, play 500 basketball because this team has been up and down. They've had injuries. They've had COVID they've had coaches and the headlines getting fired. Now you're telling me LeBron James is doing this, you know, the, the conspiracy, he wants to be the first AC. So we've heard it all here in LA. <laughs> I just think it'll be nice for the Lakers to kind of settle in, play whatever is the brand of Laker basketball, because Anthony Davis, they need Anthony Davis if they're going to have any type of, you know, half decent season, they're going to need Anthony Davis to play big and play well. So uh, I'm glad he's back and then we'll see. I'm going to give them some time and to see how they can figure things out. Well, the report that came out last night said that, Rob Palinka had a trade ready for Buddy Heald and he wanted to do it, but it was actually Anthony Davis and LeBron who convinced him not to do it and trade for Russell Westbrook instead. Now, just real quick, in your mind, why do you think that they did that? Aside from maybe being friends with Russell, but from a basketball perspective, I can't see the logic in trading, turning down a trade for a great three-point shooter for a guy who does not shoot the three ball all that well. Well, first of all, it's L.A., and I don't believe anything that's being reported, right? You know, working on the other side, there's no way. There's no way that a report like that would come out, first of all. There, there's no way. Like, who's going to drop that? Who who, who benefits from that? Uh, whoever wants to say Rob Palenka's job. Okay, all right. With the exception of Rob Palenka, who I know is not going to release that, right? You You wouldn't. You wouldn't want well, I, that to I, get out. I, I don't you know. Wouldn't it, want your, you it, wouldn't want your players to know that you released that. So I'm not going to believe this. Report. Well, it came from Mark Stein, who is a pretty reliable reporter and is a pretty reliable voice in the NBA world. So it's not just a random internet rumor. It's a, it's a reputable former New York Times reporter that's saying it. So that he must have some sort of credible source in order to report that. Yeah. I, I know Mark, I would love to hear Mark. Maybe we can get him on the show. Yeah, that's a great show. Give us, give us a, you know, Mark is terrific. I'm not saying he's making this up. However, however, I'm not buying into this. Okay. I'm not, I'm not buying into, um, you know, who they say LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis. They convinced, you know, Rob Palika. I mean, yeah, Rob Palika. Now I'm going to say this. When you come to a decision like acquiring a contract like Russell Westbrook, that's more than just the general manager is being convinced. You have an ownership ownership group. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of people that's got to sign off on this deal. So I am sure that it wasn't Rob Polinka's call and I'm sure it just wasn't the player's call. <laughs> when you're talking about the, 
the financial responsibility of acquiring a player like Russell Westbrook. 40 plus million dollar contract a year. Yeah. So I'm not buying into buying into this. I think this is just more headlines, but it could be true. I'm just I I I I I think there has to be more to the story. Mm. Well, BJ, what we're gonna do is we're gonna hear from a Laker legend. Yes. Uh finals MVP, three-time champion, much like yourself, yes. three-time champion. Before we do, do you have a favorite story about Mr. James Worthy that you want to share for the people who might not know about his illustrious career? Well, you know, James Worthy is one of the great, great players of all time. And I just love his nickname, Big Game James. You know, when you when you have big moments, you know, you always think of you know, you think of magic and you think of Kareem and you think of all of these, but what a, what a nickname, mm. big game, big game, James. And, you know, he was, he was special. He played in an era where the three position was just loaded with elite players, elite scores, whether it was Larry bird or, you know, Mark Aguirre or, you know, Adrian Dantley, James Worthy stood right up there amongst the very best. And uh, he is a legend. He is one of the great players all time. Does, a, does an excellent job. You should watch him, Mo. He does an excellent job with the Lakers broadcast. I mean, when you say a character, mm-hmm. you got to love Big Game. You know, Big Game is the best. He tells it like it is. So, um, you know, I, I just love saying that he's a friend. He's been a colleague and uh, to still watch him entertain, especially out here in LA, I get a chance to watch him every game. He is very, very entertaining on the call and he doesn't hold back for sure. Well, let's see what he says about the LA Lakers. James, thank you for joining us. Thank you for taking the time out of your day. Really appreciate it. It's an honor to be speaking with, you know, three-time champion, finals MVP, the accolades, endless NBA 75, and now working with the Lakers as a telecaster, so we're going to speak about the Los Angeles Lakers. Of course, it's only right. We've got them coming up live on Sky Sports this weekend. They'll be taking on the Atlanta Hawks for an NBA Sunday's matchup. And the Lakers have been a talking point of the season so far. They're about 500, disappointing to what people expected maybe in the offseason. Is there one reason that you can put your finger on that things haven't worked out so far for the Lakers? Yeah, uh, lack of effort on the defensive side. Um, a lack of sense of urgency and uh, and taking teams for granted. Those are the things that they stand out for me. The Lakers have gone from uh, being one of the better defensive teams uh, to being one of the worst defensive teams. So uh, when you compile all this talent, uh, uh, it doesn't mean that people are going to uh, roll over for you. I think losing to Oklahoma uh, and losing uh, 26 points uh, you know, leads in, in losing games that you're supposed to win is extremely disappointing. So uh, a sense of urgency on the defensive end for me uh, and forget about the wins and losses. It's a lack of effort. And so uh, I, I need them to have that sense of urgency. Uh, they have they have no identity on either end of the floor. Uh, it's been a difficult adjustment for uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, I, I have a lot of faith in him, I, you know, but he, it's, it's been the toughest adjustment that he's ever 
had to make. He's a he's a fast pace, attack the rim guy, and you know he's he's starting not to turn the ball over as much. So I still think that time on the floor uh, with LeBron and AD could help. Uh, but I think he he's he's a point guard. He's not an off guard. So that's the dilemma with the coaching staff. How do you play him, LeBron, on the court? Uh, I mean, LeBron obviously better off the ball than Westbrook is. But, you know, if Westbrook doesn't have the ball, he's not a three-point shooter, and he's not like a, that consistent outside shooter. So that's the, that, those are the issues that uh, they need to correct. But mostly uh, it's the defensive uh, uh, effort, on, especially interior. AD may help when he comes back. When you speak about the defensive effort, how much of that do you put down to the roster construction in terms of losing someone like an Alex Russo, who is a great defender? And how much is that just down to the players in the locker room as someone who's been in championship locker rooms? Well, you know, uh, you hit it right on the nose. I mean, they were one of the best defensive teams in the league because of Caruso was an extremely uh, good defensive player. In fact, he and LeBron James had the best uh, plus-minus percentage in the fourth quarter. Uh, Pope was a sticky defensive player. I mean, he you could put him on most of the guards in the league. Between he uh, and Schroeder, uh, who was only with us a year, but he'd pick you up full court and make it difficult for you. Uh, Pope, I mean, uh, Kuz had become a really good uh, small forward, power forward, shot blocker, rebounder guy. Uh, Trez uh, was a guy that uh, that had toughness, and so when you lose that, and you bring in older legs, uh, you know uh, uh, we don't have none. Uh, we expected him to be a big part of that uh, defensive uh, youth. With Tucker being a young guy, uh, Reeves has turned into a, a pretty good player. Four years of college, he kind of has the the knowledge down, but um, yeah, it's, it's, they, they lost a big part of that. So when you're asking older guys like Carmelo Anthony and even Russ and, you know, uh, Ellington, and you're asking, you know, in an 82 game series, you know, you're asking them to chase young teams around like Memphis. Um, you know, it's tough in a seven game series in the playoff. You may get more consistency, but without that, without the full roster of younger guys to kind of take some of the pressure off, uh, the minutes, like LeBron is playing like crazy minutes right now, like over 32. Carmelo Anthony is playing like 31, that 32 minutes. That That's not supposed to happen with older players. That Their legs just won't allow them to keep up with a pair of 26-year-old legs on a nightly basis. It is crazy what LeBron James is doing at the age of 37, especially playing at that five position. And the one trump card I guess the Lakers have is the belief that if they do get to a seven-game series, LeBron James can carry almost anyone to victory through seven games if he's fully healthy. Now, they call you big game, James, for your performances in the playoffs. Who do you think is coming out of the Western Conference and who do you think they'll be facing from the Eastern Conference when it all comes to the finals this spring? Well, right now, it, it looks like, you know, uh, Golden State Warriors or the Phoenix Suns. If, I had, you know, if, you, if you had to pick right now, obviously, 
uh, I'm a little biased uh, uh, because I do feel like if we get AD back healthy and if we get none in there, we get Tucker playing the way he's supposed to play and uh, get a help, Westbrook, we get those guys adjusted and playing the way. I don't think you, you I don't think you're going to want to see if you're a second seed or a first seed, you're not going to want to see the Lakers in a, in a seven game series because that's where LeBron has proven that he flourishes. AD is hungry. Westbrook is hungry. So if they, you know, this could be, and I, and I hate that it's, the season is going this way, but it could be a blessing in disguise that they have to make these adjustments. And they're going through the same thing as every other team is, injuries, protocol, and all that. 34 more games, if they can find an identity on the defensive end with Dwight Howard coming off the bench as a former defensive player of the year and Carmelo providing that punch off the bench that they need, uh, they they could make some noise. It's it's yet to be seen, uh, but we know how LeBron is in the playoffs and 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 what he demands. So I'm just gonna you know let it play out. I still believe they can do that, but if they don't if they don't decide to play defense on a nightly basis, see here's the deal. LeBron needs to be resting in the fourth quarter. Some of these teams that they're playing that they know they should win, they should just stomp them uh, and just get it done by the third quarter and let LeBron chill in the fourth. That's what I'm waiting for. Okay, and regardless of who comes out of the West, who do you think is coming out of the East and who do you think will be NBA champions when it's all said and done this season? Milwaukee, you can't, you know, uh, you know, you can't count them out until you dethrone them. Uh, I do think if Kyrie Irving is playing on the road, uh, the Nets are going to be difficult. They are, and they're going to want revenge uh, from last year. Uh, so right now, I'd have to give it to the Nets uh, because of the Kevin Durant factor. Uh, and, and, you know, Harden is starting to, to, to get his groove again. And we know Irvin, what he can do with their supporting cast. They're going to want some redemption uh, from last year. So I would have to say I'd have to give the Nets the edge uh, just because it's, it's hard to go back to back. Well, James, thank you so much for your time. Hopefully yep. the Lakers can figure it out and we might be seeing you for the NBA Finals. But fingers crossed, we'll have to wait and see. We appreciate you. You got it. Well, as much as he is criticizing the defense and the intensity and the effort <laughs> and the energy levels, he does hold out some hope that they can turn it around for the playoffs. BJ, has, has that changed your mind? Do you think there is any hope? If you had to put a percentage chance on the Lakers making it out of the Western Conference, what percentage chance are you giving the LA Lakers right now? You know, Mo, I don't really know what to say about these Lakers. <laughs> but I do know, I do know this. They make for a good headline. They keep it very interesting. And I don't believe that the Lakers are going to do it this year. However, somehow, some way, I know the Lakers will be in the fold, in the mix, stealing the headlines, and and LeBron James is gonna keep giving people a chance to say this. He scored X amount of points this year, therefore he needs the MVP. <laughs> <laughs> and you fill in the blank from there. You fill yeah. in the blank. The so, agendas you know. are gonna be that. But anyway, 
LeBron will give the media that chance. Momenti and BJ Armstrong are giving you the chance to listen to the greatest podcast in the world by subscribing to hear this show every day. Leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It's greatly appreciated. We appreciate everyone showing love. Everyone who's sending messages, sending tweets, showing love to the podcast, putting on their Instagram story. We see you. We appreciate you all. Tomorrow, we're going to show some love back to you guys. But until then, my people, get buckets.